Amen. Uh, well, everyone, um, I'm a little, uh, I'm a little really excited, like I shared earlier, but um, my nerves still haven't like come down like from uh, Friday night. First, first Friday night was a, a crazy night. That's um, very close. Uh, we got together and went to Noville uh, Hope, so we had a ball. Um, and so what came after that uh, was uh, my wife and I and uh, Anthony, uh, we saw the New Avengers movie. Oh, and uh, I'm, I'm still shook, I'm still like uh, And so needless to say, uh, the concept of like war and battle has like been, been on my mind since we were it's been intense. And so uh, I've been studying out Joshua, the book of Joshua. Uh, and, and, and I, I've been blown away by what I've been reading. Like a lot of things that uh, I've read and found out, like I, I had no idea. Um, and so I, I thought we'd talk about uh, the book of Joshua uh, this morning. Um, we're, we're in uh, day 119 of 2018. Uh, so it's, it's, at times it felt, it felt like more. Um, but yeah, 119 days, and one thing I can say about the 119 days, I feel like it, it's been a battle, like, you know, it's been, you know, uh, not, not, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't use the word challenging, but uh, it's been like, yeah, it's just been a fight, it's been a fight uh, uh, this first 119 days uh, of the year. And so, as I was reading um, Joshua, I saw some parallels from just, you know, this, uh, so far this year, and just uh, life in general, that I thought would be cool to talk about. Um, but as I was reading Joshua, I was like, you know what, who, who is Joshua? Um, I actually have a book dedicated to him, uh, and as I read more about him, there's a lot that, that I found out. So uh, if you turn with me to Exodus 17. All right, let's go, Dave. Exodus 17 is uh, uh, it's a, great, uh, it's a great segment about uh about Joshua. Um, because obviously it's this guy that, that's, that's tasked with leading God's people into the promised land. Um, and so I'm like, all right, you know, he, he, he uh, steps in, you know, for Moses. In Exodus 17, we, uh, we find out a, a little bit about him. In Exodus 17, verse 8, says that Amalekites and Amalekites came and attacked the Israelites at Rephidim. Moses said to Joshua, choose some of our men and go out to fight the Amalekites. Tomorrow I will stand on top of the hill with the staff of God in my hand. So Joshua fought the Amalekites as Moses has ordered. And Moses, Aaron, and Hur went to the top of the hill. As long as Moses held up his hands, the Israelites were winning. But whenever he lowered his hand, the Amalekites were winning. When Moses' hands grew tired, they took a stone and put it under him and sat on it. Aaron and Hur held... Uh, his hands up, one on uh, one on one side, one on the other, so that his hands remained steady till sunset. So Joshua overcame the Malachite army with the sword. So here we know we I'm sure we all read this story before about this, you know, this battle where you know Moses is holding his hands up, um, and they, uh, uh, Aaron and Hur hold his hands so that he, he doesn't get tired because once his hands started blowing, they started losing. Um, and I, I, I was familiar with that story, but as so many times I forgot like, who was leading Israel, Israel's army at the time, and it was Joshua. So we got this young guy that, that's leading God's army uh, right here. And so I'm like, all right, this, 
you know, you got to be pretty cool to, to have that, that job, right? To have that distinction. Um, and so there's another uh, scripture I want to go to, Deuteronomy 31. So he's the leader of the army. He is tasked with, you know, fighting the, the battles for God. And here, before we even jump into Joshua, in Deuteronomy 31, In verse 19. It says, Now write down for yourselves this song and teach it to the Israelites and have them sing it so that they may be witness for me against them. When I have brought them into the land flowing with milk and honey, the land I promised on oath to their forefathers, and when they eat their fill and thrive, they will turn to other gods and worship them, rejecting me and breaking my covenant. And when many disasters and difficulties come upon them, the song will testify against them because they will not be forgotten by their descendants. I know. Uh, what they are disposed to do, even before I bring them into the land, I promised them on oath. So Moses wrote down the song that day and taught it to the Israelites. Then the Lord gave this command to Joshua, son of Nun, be strong and courageous, for you will bring the Israelites into the land I promised them on oath, and I myself will be with you. So here we kind of get that, you know, that uh, tagline that we read a lot, you know, be strong and courageous. Here God is Telling Joshua, hey, be strong and courageous. You are going to be tasked with leading my people. This guy goes from, you know, leading the armies in battle to actually, you know, hey, you're going to actually lead the people uh, as a whole into the promised land. Um, I, I got to imagine that this guy has been feeling like probably the most pressure of all. Like, I, I feel pressure in my life, you know, at, at times. But this guy, you know, he goes from leading the armies to, hey, you're going to lead the people, right? And not only that, you know, there's a song that I was just told folks to write down about how they're going to be disobedient too, like, and how things they're, they're going to uh, not want to follow my command. So, imagine going into a job where you know challenges are going to come, like, uh, specific, you know, specifically what's going to happen, right? This guy was under a lot of pressure, yet God said, hey, be strong and courageous. So, with that, um, I feel we'll figure, we, let's look at um, what uh, Joshua was going to have to deal with going into the promised land. Um, knowing what he's going to get into. Um, the title of the lesson uh, is, today is 31 Kings. 31 Kings. And when I was looking into, okay, like, I, this is what Joshua had to deal with. Okay, he had to deal with a bunch of people that, that were, God said, they're disposed to doing evil. Like, like it's just going to happen. Knowing that, um, you know, all this pressure on him, you know, being told by God to be strong and courageous. Uh, I wanted to look at, hey, okay, what did he have to like go through when he went uh, into the promised land? Um, so in Joshua 1, where we start, let's look at what's really going on. Joshua 1, in verse 1, the Bible says, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses is a, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people, Get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give to them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon to, uh, and from the Great River, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the Great Sea on the west. No one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. As I, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you, nor... Forsake me. 
Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their forefathers to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn uh, from it to the right or to the left. That you may be successful wherever you go. The, the big pet talk, right, from, from God, right before he's getting ready to go. And he reiterates, you know, be strong uh, and courageous. And I, 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 I was thinking, I was like, man, like, why would God like either? Now, obviously, you know, to encourage them, to inspire them. But when I looked at, you know, what this guy was about to deal with, um, it made a lot of sense. Um, he says, hey, you're getting ready to go into this land, right? And you're going to, uh, every, everywhere you set your foot, you're going to victory. And so when I did some research, uh, uh, in all, uh, Israel defeated 31 different kings uh, when they went into the promised land. 31. And not only that, in a, in a span of just seven years, <laughs> So imagine that, seven years defeating 31 different kingdoms, right? Like, I, I can't even, like, at war for seven years straight, 31 different kings. So it makes a little more sense why he said, hey, be strong and courageous. Like, you're, you're about to be at war for seven years. Add to the fact that you're leading, like, these people that, that, are, that are crazy, right? that, that, are, that are, have their issues. Um, but he said, hey, be strong and courageous. So uh, for today, I want to look at the, the first three battles that the Israelites had to face according right. to the promised land. And there's some really cool parallels spiritually that we can uh, derive from uh, from the first battle. Okay. Um, and so let's look at the, the first battle in Joshua chapter 6. So obviously they make preparations and, and uh, Joshua in, uh, chapter 6 is where the actual the, the first battle takes place. Um and that's the Battle of Jericho. And I think uh, it's important to kind of get a little sense of, uh, of uh, Jericho, right? It's a, a city, you know, with a, a 12-foot wall all the way around it. Um, now, obviously, it's for defensive purposes and to prevent flooding. Um, but when I'm really, you know, studying out Jericho, I thought of uh, Troy, right? You know, obviously, you know, Troy has these high walls, and, you know, they're, they're pretty confident. Hey, you got these high walls. No, no one overtake us, but it's not going to happen. Not to yeah, just add some, some trickery. Um, but I'm like, why, why would God pick this fortified city to be the very first one that, that they have to take out, right? I would imagine, like, you know, you take out, like, smaller, the smaller cities first, right? Like, that's usually what, you know, I think of um, when they talk about debt, right? When you're trying to tackle debt, you know, it's always like a small, like, little one. <laughs> Like, God's like, hey, no, we're going to start with the, the, the toughest, most challenging right off the gate, right? Like, right off the bat, we're going to start with Jericho with this high wall. Um, and he uh, gives them an uh, example. So Joshua chapter 6, verse 1. It says, now Jericho was highly set up because of the Israelites. No one went out and no one came in. Then the Lord said to Joshua, see, I have delivered Jericho into your hands along with his king and his fighting men. March around the city once with all the armed men. Do this for six days. Have seven priests carry trumpets of rams, uh, ram's horn in front of the ark. On the seventh day, march around the city seven times with the priests blowing the trumpet. When you hear them sound a long blast on the trumpets, have all the people give a loud shout. Then the wall of the city will collapse and the people will go up and, and the people will go up, every man straight in. Um, and so, wow, like, he gives this command, hey, like, you see this city, I want you to do exactly what I'm about to tell you. 
And um, uh, I can't remember when Tesla knows it that day. You know, we we uh, went out to do a Jericho prayer uh, a while back on a Saturday. And we were during, it's in Green Lake. Green Lake is about three miles, three miles around. And the idea is to, to pray seven times, right? To walk around seven times. <laughs> and this is just me, Tess, only my wife and our, our kids. Um, and so we, we, we go praying once around. It's like an hour and a half. And I'm like, I don't think we're going to be able to do this seven times. Like, we're going to be here until like nine o'clock at night. Um, and so when I was reading this, I thought about the time. I was like, man, like, if, if we were struggling with you know, an hour and a half just walk around once. Like, imagine it's like, you know, for not only one time, but seven, seven times. And then seven times on the seventh day, I'm like, all those people, like, and when that day the wind was blowing out, it was windy, and we're like trying to pray, and it's like, I can't imagine what conditions the Israelites are going through. But I'm like, they did that, you know, to the T, right? Um, imagine how challenging like, they, they would have been feeling. Like, I know how I was feeling after an hour and a half. I was like, man, there's no way. Like, I can't. Another way around, like my legs are tired, like wind is blowing in my face, face kids are like, you know, starting to, you know, trip, you know, you know, they've been walking. But here, you know, we got a whole uh, group of Israelites with all their kids, family, all walking around. So I'm like, take the art situation, magnify that by like, you know, like that's what's going on. But yet, that's that's what needed to happen for this wall to come down. Um, and I thought about, you know, uh, and how this relates to our life, like, this battle wasn't about the battle of Jericho. This was a, about the battle of obedience, right? The battle of obedience. I'm like, that's really the battle that's going on right now. Will we obey one? Will we obey, will we obey to the teeth, right? Um, if the Israelites have to obey, and we know the story um, of what happens, they, they do it, the wall comes down, they overtake the city. But if they wouldn't, if they hadn't obeyed, like, just even a if they left something, just one tiny thing out, it wouldn't have happened, right? They had to obey to the T. And, and for us, it, it got just the same way. Like, we have a bunch of different battles we're all facing, right? Internally, externally, there's a lot of battles that we're facing. Um, but when it comes to our relationship with God, it's all about obedience. Are we going to be obedient to God's word? Yeah. Are we going to be obedient to the T? That's where the real fight is, right? Um, there are times when just keep, keep real. We don't want to obey. We don't want to, like, right. you know, when we know what God's calling us to do, we, don't, we just don't want to do it. Keep it real. Or when we do do it, we leave something out, right? We, we don't do it exactly the way we know it. And then we're surprised when we're not victorious, right? Mm-hmm. Where we're sad and shocked when things don't work out the way uh, we planned. Uh, we got to be obedient. It's the same thing um, uh, here. And, and I, I believe that God is, is the only person... Uh, that can say that their love language is obedience. Right? Yeah. Like, you know, we have the book, <coughs> our love languages, you know, uh, physical touch, quality time, gifts, acts of service, you know, am I missing one? Words of affirmation. Yeah, yes. uh, God is like, hey, no, my, mine's none of those. Mine's just obedience. Like, like, he's the only one that can say, hey, that's my love language. That's how you can love me. I, I imagine if I go to my wife and say, hey, my love language is be obedient. <laughs> <laughs> It would not go well, right? Like that would not be that would not be encouraging on, on either side. And why do I say that? Let's go to John chapter fourteen. Uh, God is the only one that can say, hey, that's that's how you really want to love me. Um, you know, 
to uh, Ai, which was near Beth Aden, to the east of Bethel, and told them, Go up and spy out the region. So the men went up and spied, uh, spied out uh, Ai. When they returned to Joshua, they said, Not all the people, not all the people will have to go up against Ai. Send two or three thousand men to take it, and do not uh, worry all the people, for only a few men are there. So about three thousand men went up, but they were routed by the men of Ai and killed about thirty-six of them. They chased the Israelites from the sea gates as far as the stone quarry and struck them down on the slope. At this, the hearts of the people melted and became like water. Here was a, they suffered at their first defeat, right? And this, this is the one of the battles that I, I thought maybe it would have. They should have started out here, right? Like they didn't even need the whole army for this, but yet because of their disobedience, they got they got they, they got handed their first defeat. Um, yeah, just because of that. Um, and uh, the one thing that I, that I that I thought about when I read this, I was like, it, it, it sucks, you know, when you're when you're when you're defeated. Um, not obviously in battle, but just in life, when, when you fail, when we when we fall short of things, like it does not feel good. Um, but when I read this, I'm like, no, there's always a reason for a defeat. There's always a reason, whether it's something that you did or something. There's always a reason for it. And it's the same thing here. Here, uh, uh, Joshua didn't realize what had happened yet. So in his mind, he's, he's probably thinking, man, what, what just happened? Like, what, what's going on? Um, but they started their first defeat. Um, and there's always a reason for the setback. I, I think of um, when I first uh, left high school, um, I, didn't, I had no idea what I was doing. I, I, I applied to a bunch of schools, um, got accepted to Jackson State University. Greyhound out to, to Mississippi. Had no idea what I was doing. Uh, in my rebellious mind back then, I, I wanted to, to go far away from Portland as possible. So I went to Mississippi again. Um, it was it was tough. Like um, obviously was homesick. Um, I didn't realize again that I was, I was the first person in my family to go to college. So my father he couldn't really give me any instructions on what to expect or what to do. I go there. Um, I, I, I thought when I before I left that all, my school advanced um, scholarship that everything would be paid for. I didn't realize that it was like two thousand dollars that was left that I had to pay out of pocket um, each uh, each year. So I didn't have the two thousand. My family didn't have, have the money. They're trying to like work it out. Um, I got a job. Like applied for a, a where I started at the time. They're gonna transfer me, but I had started yet. And so I'm there just like struggling, right? Like I go from the high of like, you know, getting accepted to college, you know, first in family, you know, feeling real great about myself to like having to like leave school um, and uh, not start with everybody. I, I felt, I, I, that, I, I would say that was the first time I felt like I took like a loss, like I was like defeated. Um, and it sucked. And that'll be the, the first of many, many losses I would take uh, in my life. But Israel suffered their first defeat here, guys. Um, and so I, I can sympathize to how they're, they're feeling right now, right? Like going from bit of being victorious uh, to being defeated. Um, but the key was all about repentance. And that's when I read that, I was like, you know, that's what this battle was all about. The battle was just about repentance. 
Um, and what and we from those who some of us may know what happens, obviously, you know, uh Aiken Sin gets brought out, um, gets dealt with they, he and his he and his family get, get killed, wiped out. The Israelites say rededicate themselves, uh, themselves to God, and then God gives them victory over uh, AI uh, going forward. But it took them exposing the sin, re- repenting of it, rededicating themselves for them to have victory. Um, and we see the, the, the importance uh, that repentance has uh, uh, in God's life. Like it's so important for us to, to repent uh, of sin. Um, turn me to Acts chapter 3. Uh, Sin was dealt with, the repentance, and it was victorious. But I feel like sometimes we can we can um, we can uh, misinterpret uh, in regards to saying what we need to do. In Acts chapter three, this is Peter talking. In verse eleven, it says, "When the beggar held on to Peter and John, all the people were astonished and came running to them in the place called Solomon's Colonnade." When Peter saw this, he said to them, Men of Israel, why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at us as if by our own power of godliness he had made this man walk? The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his servant Jesus. You handed handed him over to be killed, and you disowned him before Pilate, though he had decided decided to let him go. You disowned the Holy, Holy and Righteous One and asked that a murderer be released to you. You killed the author of life, but God raised them from the dead. We are faithful witnesses of this. By faith in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and, uh, and uh, know was made strong. It is Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has given this complete healing to him, as you can all see. Now, brothers, I know that you acted in ignorance as did your leaders, but this is how God fulfilled what has been foretold through all the prophets, saying that Christ will suffer. Repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. And that he may send the Christ who has been appointed for you, even Jesus. Here Peter just lays it out to these guys who he has just healed this man. He said, hey, he said, hey, you guys sinned. You guys handed Jesus over to, uh, to be crucified. And he calls them to repent. And to repent so that times of refreshing may come. And it's the same thing with the Israelites. If they wanted to have victory, if they wanted to be refreshed, they needed to repent, right? And once they realized, hey, this is where the sin is, they, they dealt with it, repented, rededicated themselves, and had victory. Mm-hmm. And um, I had an interesting conversation with a, with a brother the other day. I, I asked him, hey, what is sin? What do you think sin is? And uh, he gave his answer, and, and he basically said, you know, he, sin is, you know, when we, uh, when we disobey God, when we uh, don't uh, follow through what he expects us. And what's it? What's the right? And I said, hey, in, in the simplest term, the, the translation from the Bible, sin is to simply miss the mark. Um, and I get there's an analogy that that's usually given about you know archery. Um, I know he's an archer. I did it once. Um, it's pretty cool, but scary at the same time. Uh, and I you know pull back, have on there, pull back, um, and we're trying to shoot obviously the bullseye. And I, I missed, I, I didn't hit the bullseye, I hit, like, I hit it, but I hit on the outside. And I gave him that story, it's like, hey, when, when we miss the, the bullseye, when we miss the mark, um, that, 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 that means sin. Like, sin is just simply miss the mark. And for as Christians, God's standard is the target, is the, the target, the bullseye. 
when we miss the standard of God, like when we miss that mark, we, we sin. And that, that could be many reasons. Um, it could be pride, impurity. But it could just simply when we don't when we don't do what God commands us, so we don't live how God expects us to. If we, when we think of those terms, I think we only think, sometimes we can only think of sin as like a really bad thing, right? The things that we feel like really, really bad. But sin is simply when we miss the standard of what, how, what God expects us to do. Um, and we need to repent of all sin, right? Like sin just needs to be repented of, whatever it is. And for us, uh, the question I ask is like, what, what areas of your life are you missing the mark? Are you missing the standard uh, of how God expects you to live? If there's areas that don't line up with God's standard, you gotta say, "Hey, I'm in sin. I, I've sinned." Um, and if you sin, if you if you miss the mark, that just means you just need to repent. You need to turn and expose it, like the Israelites did. Expose it, confess it. Hey, this is where I missed the mark. Rededicate yourself. Yeah. And then so you then have victory, just like the Israelites. I think we put in those simple terms. I think it, it becomes easier to, to to recognize the sin. One, the sin in our lives, and two, it makes us. Uh, that more easier to go after victory and go after repentance. I, I want to challenge you guys. Just simply repent. Like, we all miss the mark. The Bible says we all fall short of the glory of God. We all miss the mark in some shape or fashion every day. Um, and if we, and if we, when we realize that, we just simply need to repent. Change something. If there's something that needs to change your life, change it. If you don't know what, hey, if you're missing the mark or not, ask somebody. A lot of times we don't, we ourselves don't know. Until someone just, hey, like, you know, I see this area in your life where it's not really matching up with God's standard. Like, yeah. It doesn't have to be something like crazy. It can just be something simple or you're just missing the mark. Right. Um, I want to challenge that to, to really uh, uh, examine yourself and say, hey, what areas of my life am I missing the mark? Maybe someone needs to point it out to you. Maybe you need to do some self uh, reflection. But for Israel, they have to repent in order to have victory. Had to expose the sin and repent. Um, the battle was a battle of repentance. It wasn't a battle against AI. It was a battle of them just repenting. And once they did, they had, they had victory. Um, so let's look at the, the third, the third king, the third uh, battle, so to speak. You got the battle of obedience, right, uh, with uh, Jericho. The battle of repentance with AI. This one was uh, a doozy, and this one made me think of. Uh, Maybe yeah, think of Infinity uh, War. Go, uh, go see the movie. Um, in Joshua chapter 10, starting in verse 1. Now I'm going to put you these names, so bear with me. Uh, now, Adam and king of Jerusalem, heard that Joshua had taken Ai and totally destroyed it, doing to Ai and his king as he had done to Jericho and his king. And that the people of Gibeon, Gibeon had made a treaty of peace with Israel and were living near them. He and his people were very much alarmed at this because Gibeon was an, uh, was an important city, like uh, one of the royal cities. Uh, it was larger than Ai, and all of his men were good fighters. So Adonis Zedek, king of Jerusalem, appealed to Ohem, king of Hebron, Chiron, king of Jarmuth, Japhia, uh, king of Lachish, and uh, Debir, king of Eglon. Come up and help me attack Gideon, he said, because it has made peace with Joshua and the Israelites. Then the five kings of the Amorites, the kings of Jerusalem, Hebron, Jarmuth, 
Leviticus and uh, Eglon joined forces. They moved up with all their troops and took up positions against Gideon and attacked him. So here, it's not just one king that the Israelites are getting ready to face off. It's at least ten, from my count. So imagine going from hey one one king to another, another king to now you got ten kings in their army that you got to go up to battle. Now I don't know about you, like I, I'd be over, I'm overwhelmed just even thinking about it. Like, like man, like to go you go from two to two uh, kings to ten, right? Um, somebody call those call that insurmountable odds, right? Like that that, that seems like a, a tall task, like ten armies. Like, that's, that's a lot. Um, but let's see what happens. In verse 12 of Joshua 10, it says, On the day the Lord gave the Amorites over to Israel, Joshua said to the Lord in the presence of Israel, O sun, stand still over Gibeon, O moon, over the valley of uh, Aslan. So the sun stood, stood still, and the moon stopped, till the nation avenged itself on its enemies. As is written in the book of Joshua, the sun stopped in the middle of the sky and the day going down about a full day. There has never been a day like it before or since, a day when the Lord listened to a man. Surely the Lord was fighting for Israel. Then Joshua returned with all Israel to the camp at Gilgal. Wow. Like, <laughs> the sun stood still. Um, when, I, when I read this, I was like, I didn't really comprehend, comprehend what was. Obviously, God does this amazing thing. The sun stands still for a full day. Yeah. Um, and when I was thinking about, like, you know, what, what battles are correlate this, like, I um, obviously you think of, you know, God doing miracles, doing the supernatural. But I just thought about, like, man, like, they were fighting all day. Mm-hmm. Like, all day. Like, God didn't say, hey, I'm going to give you victory. But you still got to go and fight all day. You still got to go and fight and spend a day just in battle. Um, and I'm thinking, like, man, like, I was... Would I make it like a whole day, like like just battle, like fight? Yes, God's gonna give me victory, but it takes a lot to, to fight for a whole day. Um, I imagine you know some of them may have been feeling tired, you know, at some point, um, but they still had a fight. And I thought about you know our lives, like we uh, if you're if you're a disciple, you're a Christian, like we have victory, right? We we, we have victory. The, the blood of Christ has, you know, saved, has saved us, but we still gotta fight. We still gotta go through life. Right. We still gotta go and, and, and fight these different battles of life. We still gotta persevere. And so the, the, the battle here is a battle just of perseverance. Right? It's not about like God has done the supernatural, he's claimed the victory already, but the soldiers still had to persevere for a whole day and fight. Still had a battle. It's the same for us guys, like we have with with God on our side, guys, like we have victory. Like it's 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 certain, but we still have to fight. We still have to battle. God is going to keep the sun at bay and uh, keep it there, but we still got to go out and uh, defeat uh, the enemy. Um, and so I, I thought about perseverance. Perseverance is such uh, a crazy concept to me um, because, you know, we're called to fight, we're called to battle. Um, but the concept of perseverance, I feel sometimes maybe get lost, gets lost on it. Um, but there's a great scripture that, that uh, highlights it. In James chapter 1. James chapter 1, uh, James, the half brother of Jesus. Um, if anyone can relate to, to uh, Jesus and uh, give him some insight into perseverance, I feel like in James chapter 1, 
Acts chapter 1. Because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may have may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Here, James said, hey, no, no, um, we go through trials that develop perseverance. But perseverance must must finish its, uh, its work. We can't give up. Like it's just as simple as that. I mean, we cannot give up. Perseverance means that you don't give up. It means that you just keep battling. For the Israelites, it meant that they just can not stop. They can not just stop fighting. Even though the battle had already been claimed, God is hey, I'm giving this army over to you. Um, you're going to defeat them. They still couldn't stop, couldn't stop fighting. They had to keep fighting. And for us, like, we can't give up. As Christians, no matter what battle you're, you're dealing with, no matter who, what you're fighting, like, you just can't give up. Um, that's one of the things that, that my wife and I would talk about a lot. There's, there's times when, when you... When, uh, uh, your life as a, as a Christian, as a disciple, you want to give up. Let's keep real. There's times when you're just like, man, I don't know if I can keep going. But one thing that we talk about is like, hey, I'm okay with you, like, struggling and, and I'm not okay. It's okay if you're struggling, like, I don't want to say that. But you just can't give up. Like, when you give up, that means all, like, all hope is gone. Like, you're, you're done. <laughs> you just cannot give up. And it's the same thing for the Israelites. They just understood, hey, we have victory. We've got to keep fighting until all these, uh, these, uh, the army is defeated. And uh, it was really inspiring when, when I read that. I was like, you know what? Man, I have to, I, I, I have to keep fighting. Like, as, as, as tough as it is, as it is uh, I have to keep fighting. Um, there was a time even recently, uh, a couple of years ago, uh, for those that are in the Portland church know, um, there's a, a brother and sister, uh, friend and Tiffany Tuckloff, um, I had just spoken to spoken to him uh, the day before. Shared just how how excited I was to see him. You know, they they have been going through these gauntlets and challenges, but they're persevering. Um, and then they passed. They they got into a car accident on the way to the uh, to the marriage retreat. That was tough. Um, I, I I I that was probably the first time as as a disciple. Um, it was like seven eight years in where I was like, man, I don't know if I can keep. I don't know if I can keep doing. Um, not only were you know close to them, but um, there's just so much there's just so much emotion going on. Um, and you know, I, that the thought came uh, across my mind. And uh, I, when I read this, read this passage, I thought about that time. And what would happen if I if I didn't quit? If I didn't yeah. stop? I'm like, man, who knows what would happen? Um, and it's a scary thought. Um, but what God's trying to help us realize through this passage. Perseverance. Perseverance must finish uh, its work. God can guarantee the victory, but we have to finish uh, the fight. Amen. Um, uh, turn to uh, Galatians chapter six. Come on, bro. Um, I, I can't. Like, you know, I'm to, I always try to put myself in the uh, perspective of the people that you know in the Bible, and I'm trying to think like, you know, I'm grateful that I don't I live in a time now. Like, I'm not a fighter, but in my head, I like to think that I can, you know, do some moves. I have no title. Um, so, those are no titles. So, um, I, I have delusions of, uh, of grandeur, and I think, I feel like in my head, I can do something. But I, I'm not a fighter. I can 
can't imagine like what your life is on the line like to battle and persevere through that. Uh, Galatians 6, uh, in verse 9, sums up, you know, what I'm trying to say today. In verse 9, it says, Let us not become weary in doing this, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Paul's trying to help him out here again, too. Like, you know, you're going to have victory. You're going to reap a harvest. You just cannot give up. And the challenging thing is that we don't know when that proper time is, right? It's right. the proper time to reap a harvest. We don't know. It would be much easier if we knew when that time was. I, I, I imagine that the, the Israelites, they didn't know when the, the, uh, when, uh, the, the uh, enemy would be defeated. They didn't know. They didn't have a time. Okay, hey, at this time, all everybody's going to be dead. They just had to keep going until that time came. And here they said, hey, at the proper time, we reap uh, a harvest. I want to challenge you guys, if you're, if you're going through a challenging time, and if you're not going through a challenging time, you will at some point. Yeah. Um, but just don't give up. We're going to take kicks. We're, we're, going, to, we're going to go through our, our struggles and challenges. Uh, you may be feeling that way now. Just don't give up. Yeah. Like the scriptures that are make it clear, and God is trying to make it clear that at the proper time, you'll reap a harvest. You will have victory. You just have to persevere. Let perseverance finish his work. Um, we gotta do that. Victory is ensured. So, uh, this battle is a, 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 a battle of perseverance. Um, it's a battle of, of not giving up for the Israelites. And so, to even drive it on home, let's go back to John. Let's close it on out. To John, Joshua, sorry. Joshua chapter 12. These guys battle. And uh, I'm just gonna read down a, a list real quick. Joshua chapter 12. We're starting in verse 7. It says, These are the kings of the land that Joshua and the Israelites conquered on the west side of the Jordan, from Baal in the valley of Lebanon to Mount Halleth, which rises towards Seir, the land Joshua gave as inheritance to the tribes of Israel, according to their tribal divisions. The hill country, the western foothills, the Arabah, the mountain slopes, the desert, and the Begetters, the land of the Hittites, Amorites, Canaanites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. The king of Jericho, one. The king of Ai, near Bethel, one. The king of Jerusalem, one. The king of Hebron, one. The king of Jarmuth, one. The king of Glacius, one. The king of Elon, one. The king of Gezir, one. The king of Debir, one. The king of Gidir, one. The king of Hormon, one. The king of Haran, one. The king of Libnon, one. The king of Adoram, one. The king of Macedonia one, the king of Bethel one, the king of Tapua one, the king of Hezer one, the king of Aphid one, the king of Lesher one, the king of Madon one, the king of Hazor one, the king of Shimron Miron one, the king of Ashaf one, the king of Tanak one, the king of Megiddo one, the king of Kadesh one, the king of Jotham and Carmel one, the king of the Darn and Masterdor one, the king of Gideon and Gildan one, the king of Tirzah one, thirty-one kings in all. This is what brothers and sisters—they defeated thirty-one, and it span uh, of seven years. Um, and the funny thing, like not funny, the, the cool thing is all these battles were won by by supernatural means, by God. Like God delivered all these uh, victories in different fashions. And for us guys, you know, we, we we're all going to have many battles to fight. 
some all at once, uh, like you know, uh, the, the third battle that the uh, that our brothers uh, just, just had to fight. But we all have doubts. Um, and the funny thing is, we know that you know, from studies of kingdoms, you know, they have thirty-one kingdoms that they defeated, and we know that kingdom is synonymous with mountain, right? From you know, studies, you know. And I, I realize that it's no coincidence that in this situation, like they had thirty-one mountains, right? Thirty-one mountains. But for them, they, they may seem like, you know, mountains, right? And then for us, our, our challenges and battles may seem like mountains, right? Like too big for us to overcome. But we have to take the lessons uh, uh, that God lays out in the Bible that these battles aren't really the mountains that we may view them as. They're, they're spiritual battles. They may be obedience. It may be a repentance. It may be a perseverance. It may be a litany of other things that, that, that we battle with that are the real battles. And it's up to us to really see them for what they are. And to realize, too, that, that it's only with God that we have victory. Just like our, our brothers in, uh, uh, in the Bible, we only overcame these battles uh, with God. Yeah. Um, there's one other thing that I want to, to point out to, um, is that when you read Joshua, I encourage you to study these passages out. We didn't, the amount of time is over the, the whole book. But we, we saw how God told uh, Joshua to be strong and creative, right? In Deuteronomy 30 and um, Moses and um, sorry, Moses and uh, tells Joshua to be strong in creation as well in Deuteronomy. Um, and then in Joshua one, after God says be strong and courageous, the the Israelites tell Joshua be strong and courageous. Mm-hmm. When I read that, you know something struck me that I didn't even realize that God encourages Joshua, uh, his leader Moses encourages them, and his brothers and sisters encourage him. Um, we all need encouragement, guys. You know, we need encouragement from God, right? And we get that. We need encouragement from the leaders that God has put in our lives. And we need encouragement from our brothers and sisters. Um, and we, we need each other. Yeah. Uh, we need encouragement one another to be strong and courageous in the battles that we're facing. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, the conversation I had with the brother that, that after we talked about sin, I shared with him. I know you're fighting like a battle. Like we all are. My biggest thing isn't that, that you're, you're fighting and you're having challenges with this battle. Our biggest thing is like we don't want to fight the battle with you. Like we need to know what battle you're fighting, facing, so we can you know, pray for you, so fight with you. Like, what, like how many times, guys, we're going through things, battles, fighting, and our brothers and sisters have no idea what we're going through. Right. They can't even say, hey, be strong and crazy. They don't even know, right? Uh, our leaders can't say, be strong and crazy, because they don't know as well, right? Um, Guys, to realize we're all in this battle together. We're all fighting different battles. And I say this to myself too because I can't be the one that wants to go solo. Um, I keep thinking of Infinity War. It's a great battle scene, but we can't go out it solo, guys. Um, we got to be in it together. We got to be uh, unified, guys. Um, we got to be in, uh, in each other's lives saying, be strong and brave. Amen. Amen. Um, obviously, this serves as a serene. Um, and there's a scripture in Romans I want to share. Uh, that's pretty cool. In Romans chapter 5, obviously Jesus, you know, he fought many battles too. Yeah. He was, you know, God in the flesh, went through the uh, same challenges, uh, even more than what we go through. Yeah. And uh, Romans 5 shows the heart of Jesus. That you know, we all need to be striving for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, 
verse 1. It says, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also rejoice in our suffering. Because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character hope. And hope does not disappoint us because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he has given us. You see, at just the right time, when we are still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous man, though for a good man, some might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in, in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since we have uh, now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? For if, when we are God's enemies, we are reconciled to him through the death of his son. How much more has been reconciled shall we be saved through his life? Not only is this so, we, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. Now, there's a lot to unpack, but the thing that I want to uh, direct us is uh, verse 10. For if when we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son. Um, we're talking about battle. We just re- read a long list of all the enemies of God that, that were defeated. And here, the Bible says, hey, we too were once God's and we all know what happens to God's enemies. Like they get defeated. Like, that's what happens, and that's the path that we were on. Like, we're on the path of being just another list of the names of, uh, of people that that chose to go against God, whether willing or unwilling, and didn't succeed. But it's because of Jesus that we get put on the right side, like the winning side. Um, it's important to remember, like we we were enemies of God at one point. Um, we were set to be defeated. Like, it, it was it was signed, sealed, and, and delivered, right? Like, it was, it was, it was going to happen, but Jesus stepped in and gave us his life so that we can have life and be on the winning side. Yeah. Um, I think as we take the bread and juice, we need to understand and be grateful for that fact, one. But two, realize how easy it is to become an enemy of God, right? Um, it's simply um, taking cues from what we read. Not being obedient, not repenting, um, giving up. Right? And when, we, when we decide to go against those things, that's when we, feel, uh, we again become an enemy of God and we risk being defeated. So I want to encourage you guys uh, again, to take the bread and the juice. We meditate on that. Meditate on what we read. Meditate on the sacrifice that Jesus gave so that we can go from an uh, enemy to an ally. Um, and with that, guys, let's, not, let's, uh, let's pray for a community.